So whenever we experience catastrophic change in the world, businesses are forced to try new things to see you know, what works and what doesn't work. Online education is one of those, and we're learning what's working. Welcome to There's a Better Way. Each episode, Dr. Arvind Chandrasekharan, professor and academic director, will sit down with a prominent expert or faculty leader to discuss how business principles can provide solutions to problems we may face in our professional and personal lives. This program is brought to you by Fisher Executive Education. Uh, Welcome to There is a Better Way. I'm here with uh, Dr. Joe Goodman, uh, chair of the Department of Marketing and Logistics here at the Fisher College of Business. Welcome to the program, Joe. Hi, Arvind. Thanks for having me. So, Joe, uh, for our listeners out here, can you tell them more about uh, what is your role and responsibilities here at Fisher, particularly in terms of uh, what do you teach as well as what do you research? Yeah, so I kind of have two hats. I have the traditional uh, academic professorial hat where, you know, I spend probably 60% of my time, 70% doing research and research-related things. So I do research on consumer behavior and decision-making how consumers make the decisions that they make, um, what makes them happy, how our consumption, consuming material and experiential things, how we choose those different types of purchases and how they lead to happiness. Um, And doing that research, doing research related activities like reviewing journals, um, uh, articles and uh, conferences, giving talks, things like that. And then the other part of course, uh, as a professor is is teaching, and, and doing service to the, to the university. And so what I do is, uh, as I've taught undergrads, I've taught um, online, I've taught in person, I've taught distance uh, in our regional campuses, I've taught small classes, I've taught classes with 250 students each. Um, I've done MBAs, executives, PhD students. So all kind of up and down the line. Um, and then, That's one hat. And then my other one is that I'm also the chair of the marketing and logistics department, which means I'm also kind of an administrator and have to make sure that all of our classes in the marketing logistics department have, you know, great, fantastic instructors that are going to be there and and deliver, you know, high quality education, both in person, online or whatever the changing needs are now. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, However, the method of delivery that that's going to be. Okay. And actually, this is very fitting to what we're going to have a conversation around, because um, in particular, given your research on behaviors, consumer behaviors, and in particular, student behaviors, and and what is happening right now, uh, almost around the world, where education is getting transformed. Uh, It no longer, um, um, uh, we don't have the comfort of having students come to classrooms and have classes and have conversations around and and almost on a like a switch of a button uh, sometime in mid april uh, you saw like ev- several universities all around the world going online now you also saw pushback from students saying i don't have the same quality of education uh, i don't want some professor to come and talk in a video and um, and just like have the same levels of quality and so that's where the conundrum is okay how do we uh, we know that there are so several benefits of going online using digital world but yet again, uh, people think about that as just teaching on a on a Zoom platform or a or a Skype or a WebEx platform. But it could be more than that. So, from your standpoint, can you walk us through again? How do you see uh, virtual instructions um, playing out, and why do you think uh, schools like, including Fisher, 
have to think about this seriously in terms of investing in virtual education or digital distance education. Yeah, so you, yeah, you touched on a couple of um, interesting points. You know, the, the, the first one uh, backing up is the perception of online education and that, you know, originally and or initially, a lot of the students did push back and they said, well, this isn't what I signed up for. Uh, and that the quality is not going to be as high if, if it's online or distance as opposed to uh, being in person. And, you know, in marketing, we say it, the reality doesn't matter. It's the perception that matters. Uh, and, and, you know, an engineer might say, well, this car is faster than that car or uh, this one gets better gas mileage than the other. Well, in marketing, it only really matters if consumers believe that it's faster, believes that it handles better than the other. So the first thing that we have to, you know, kind of consider is what are the perceptions of online education? And if people perceive it to be inferior, then part of that is, can we change those perceptions? Um, or, perhaps oftentimes we find in marketing is that there's two groups that not all consumers are the same or not all students are the same. And so some students might say online's better for me. This is just a better way for me to learn. It lets me do it at my pace. Maybe it's faster, maybe it's slower, maybe it's through work or at a time that works for me because I got kids. And, but for other students, they want that in-person education and they want to be in the classroom and they want to interact. So you might find that it's, not a one size fits all. And I, I think that's what we, what we know is that, and, and so for some students and also for some programs, there's some programs and some things that you're trying to learn that might be better. So it might be easier for some people to learn math or accounting online on their own pace. But if you're trying to learn leadership or you're trying to learn the creative process in marketing or how to deliver marketing communications and you're trying to develop oral skills and team skills, those might be better in person. So that, that's, that kind of gets at your, your first question about perceptions of quality. Mm -hmm. And we have to, um, I, I think we have to have a serious conversation Good. about the perceptions and, and it's also the student, but also the, the, the um, afterwards when, when, when Ohio State puts their brand on a, on a degree, do people think an online degree is not as effective as an in-person degree. Okay. Um, so that's one thing, but let, let's go to the second point, Joe, because my point is, unfortunately, we don't have the, like you mentioned leadership and, and principles of marketing where it might be better done uh, in person because of the, the nature of the subject and because of the, the conversation that you might want to have. But with the COVID happening, uh, it was tough to do that. So what yeah. can universities or like institutions do to actually like get some amount of uh, learning virtually? Yeah. So the, the first part is playing with that reality or that perception. And part of that perception is, is that students don't have a lot of experience with it. And, and as they get more experience and, and neither do the instructors, to be honest, we've mostly been an in-person institution for over 100 years. So we're getting our instructors also to get more experience and, de and deliver a higher quality product and, and, and deliver a high quality education, which can be done online. So how can you do that? Um, a lot of it is, is, is investment from the, from the university and from the school and from the student. You know, online education seems like it's a, a lower cost or a cheaper mode of delivery. And in some respects it is but the upfront cost is very high. I mean, there's a lot of technological investment that needs to be made. 
you know, having good webcams, having good sound so you can hear the person, um, not having distractions, uh, training instructors on how to use Zoom or WebEx, how to use breakout meetings and using all these tools. Uh, they're there, but they're expensive. We have to make that investment. And then we also have to train people on how to use them, the instructors, but also the students. And I think the students are finding out I'll give you one example here, Ivan, real quick, because so, so we, have, we have a class of marketing projects. It's a very experiential based class and students come in, it's usually about 40 students, 45 students with one instructor and they take on a consulting project as undergrads and they're seniors. Mm -hmm. And they meet every week with the instructor and their mm -hmm. teams. It's usually you know, a very hands-on and we thought, how are we gonna do that online? Well, they, they were forced to move online in the spring. And the instructors actually found out, they said, you know what, this, is, this might be a better mode of delivery than, we, than what we did in person. Because when in person, they had to sit down, they had to hook up their computer um, with the instructor and they met for 15 minutes. And that took like five minutes right there just to get everybody in the room, sit down, hooked up, say your hellos. <laughs> and then they only have 10 minutes to talk to the instructor. And then they got to pack up all this stuff and then move the next group in. Instead, when it went online, the groups were in, in meeting rooms, already meeting, already hooked up, having discussions. And the instructor could instantly go from meeting room to meeting room on Zoom just by clicking on it and kind of come in for 15 minutes, have the meeting. There was no downtime. It was, it was live right away. Now, at the end of the semester, they didn't, they want to present to the client. So being able to present in person might be a little bit better than on Zoom. But that's only maybe one or two touch points over the semester as opposed to every week. So they were still getting that weekly touch point with the instructor via Zoom. And because of that, you know, the, the logistics of actually physically going into a room was broken down. They had more time and they felt that it was more efficient. So they, they, they said, well, we're going to do this again in the <laughs> fall regardless. And the students really liked it, too. That's, that's a good example. So that will be one, one way to think about the positives of virtual learning, right? From your own experience, what do you see are other possibilities now that the world is just the internet? Uh, what do you see are some additional things that the institutions can do to actually enhance learning uh, happening in, in our classrooms? Yeah, you know, um, a, a big thing we've seen, a big investment over the past, you know, 10 years is, is in the learning management systems, the LMSs. Mm -hmm. So this is the blackboards, the canvas um, websites where students, and, and we see that in K through 12. So now high school students come into college, they already know how to use the, the, these softwares. But it's, again, it's a huge investment. We spend millions of dollars at the university um, uh, using the, these types of softwares. But, but what they do is they allow for that communication to happen online in a very efficient way where there's modules, there's discussion boards, there's breakout groups, there's, um, you can do quizzes and exams. And so there's all of these different ways um, that, that can enhance it. And now Zoom or WebEx are integrated with these learning management systems. And so again, training our, the instructors, and this is the same thing I know in, in, in local school districts, you know, a third grade teacher doesn't have experience in these that's not traditionally how we've done it. Now we have to teach our third grade teachers just like we need to train our um, our professors and instructors in college on how to use this this new technology. 
So I don't know if that answers your question exactly. That, that does that does answer the question. Also, Joe, I know noticed that like people uh, uh, have taken advantage of virtual uh, uh, learning by bringing in speakers, like zooming in speakers from all over um, the world, yeah. right? So, is that it's, do you? Do you it's, yeah, it's 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 actually fantastic because now, uh, so I had to move, as you know, uh, my executive MBA class in um, in May to in in April online. Well, now I could have, I had a guest speaker, you know, as a CEO out in California, just zoom in for 15, 20 minutes. I had a speaker from Jerusalem, you know, zoom in. And so again, it allowed me to do new things. And people are like, wow, these are great speakers. Just something that I wouldn't be able to uh, bring in in person. And it's actually easier to do that on Zoom than it would be if, if they were zooming in in class and everyone was sitting in a room, it's a little bit more uh, difficult to do that. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I mean, like now the world is your sp stage, right? You can bring in anybody and everybody out there, right? So let me ask you like, okay, let's think about uh, the, um, um, we are still in the phase um, where COVID is still with us, uh, hopefully uh, for the short term. Uh, but if you think about this whole crisis, this has transformed uh, uh, the whole idea of education, especially in business schools. So yeah. what do you, where do you see us going? Like even post-COVID and do you see uh, us actually relying more and more on online uh, or blended learning to actually educate our students? Or where do you see that going down the line? Yeah, I think um, I, 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 there's definitely gonna be more online and blended. I would say really where, where the, the big advantages are in the blended learning. I think purely online, and this is you know my own opinion, I think purely online programs are still challenged because of the perception. You know, I, I, the people, if, if you think about an MBA, if you're looking to hire a new MBA student and you can hire, you know, Jim over here who did it, an online MBA, or you can hire Mike over here who did an in-person MBA, nine out of 10 managers are gonna say Mike who did it in person. And the 10th ones might be like, eh, okay, fine, either one. I don't think you're going to see that perception change, um, at least in, in the near term. Um, and all else equal, right? And part of that is because with business education, teamwork, getting in, in working in teams, getting to know people, um, get, being able to work on oral skills, presentation skills, um, solving problems together in groups because we know that that works, you know, that th those skills are oftentimes best in person. Now, it's fine for you and I, and I give this example, it's fine for you and I to have a meeting because we've known each other, but we knew each other in person first. We established that relationship. It's a lot harder to establish that relationship, especially with a new hire. Imagine a new professor or a new hire coming into your organization and they're virtual the whole time. Usually we, we're at this advantage right now with COVID because we already kind of knew who we are. I'm, my biggest fear is that my, the staff member, you know, uh, Shannon, who kind of helps, who basically runs our department would leave and I would have to hire someone and onboard them in, in a virtual environment. Got so it. that's why I, th I still think that there, there is that. Um, but the in-between, the hybrid, using the technology, but yet still having, you know, weekly physical or maybe two week, every few week physical encounters will be a value add. 
Okay. So what I'm hearing from you, Joe, is that again, if you think about like three, four years down the line, you see that this whole COVID uh, disruption through education is going to create more of blended classes where you're going to see some sort of an in-person class, no matter what, and then you're going to take advantage of um, some of the technologies yeah. out there in a way that that could offer the same yeah. level of effect. And that's, that's what we see when, when, when you have big changes in the environment or in the world or when consumers are forced to change their habits. and behave. I mean, this has forced us to try new things. And so okay. some things are going to fail and we're going to realize what doesn't work, but we're also going to find new things that do, that do work and work out better. And it's forced us. It's like telehealth is experiencing this right now. And doctors are like, wow, I can be so much more efficient. I can see more pain. And they're finding what works in telehealth. And then they're also finding this doesn't work. We got yeah. that one. We need to bring people in. You know, I, I can't, I can't do that one. So uh, I think we're, we're, we're finding the same thing, you know, and the other thing that, that is, is difficult um, here is, is the, the economics of, of this whole thing. You know, when you go online, um, you're also going online um, and uh, oh, you're, you're, you now have customer, you now have students all over the world, but now you have competition all over the world. And so when everyone, a lot of people will say, oh, the virtues of going online now, I can get customers everywhere. Well, we always say in marketing, you need to be positioned and you need to be focused. And so sometimes when you go online, you, you, you lose sight of who your student, who your real student is. And at, at Ohio State, a land grant institution, our main promise is to the state of Ohio and to students right here in Ohio. And so we also have to be really cautious not to branch out too far and forget what our core mission is, is which is to serve the state of Ohio. That is a good point. So I know we're running out of time, but like I do want to ask this last question, Joe, is like if there is a listener out there a parent uh, of a student or even a student out there saying, okay, these are all great, but I still want discounts for my tuition. How do you yeah. approach that question? Yeah, that's tough. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the re that goes back to my perception thing. The reason that students want a discount is they feel like they're getting less. And so that's fair. We know that in consumers. If, if, if you ordered um, uh, a gallon of milk, and I gave you a less 10% less, you'd say, well, I'm gonna pay 10% less. And so people don't feel like they're getting the same amount of education online as they would in person. So if there's that perception gap, that, and that's fair, that's how we price, that's how exactly how I teach pricing, you price based on value, mm -hmm. not based on cost. But what we normally say is, oh, well, actually the cost of the university haven't gone down, we still have to cover our cost. And so that's where the university says, I would be great to give, we'd love to give you a discount, but we still have to pay our bills. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, is that online education actually from a cost standpoint, it's not that much cheaper. Oftentimes it's more expensive, like I said, because we have to make big investments. It's to, to, be good, to be a good online instructor is just as time consuming as, as, as being an in-person mm -hmm. because and what we've been doing in, in Fisher and in my department especially is to say you still need, online is not just a recorded video. You're meeting with students in person weekly. And actually I've been able to meet one-on-one -on -one with students more on Zoom because it's easier and we're holding office hours on Zoom and students can come click on the link anytime during that two hour period. Again, it's really nice because they, they can be in their dorm room. They don't have to schlep all the way over to my office, knock on the door and then wait in line and, and to do that they can do that virtually so it, it and oftentimes you're getting a lot more access and you're getting a lot more things now the experience part of it 
that, that freshman, sophomore, undergraduate experience or that MBA experience, that's really hard to create. And that's the hard part. I, I, I feel for the students. You know, I, I love my undergraduate years and I have fond memories. And so that's, the, that's another big challenge, that social aspect that's in, very important to <laughs> universities. Um, uh, but but I, I, do, I do like your answer, Joe. I mean, like uh, uh, it's important for students or anybody listening out there to understand, again, um, there are some costs towards it, not just like overhead costs, as you pointed out, but the investments in making sure uh, that uh, technology enables us to have the better learning. And there are so many other benefits of having one-on-one -on -one instructions, personalized uh, learning. So, of course, again, the trade-off between that versus some of the social thing that might happen possibly later down the year, that's something that uh, one has to uh, like really balance and understand, okay, mm -hmm. the value around education. So I do see that, again, there is some tremendous value of yeah. doing this. And, and, and I think, you know, we should be open and, and I know I've had some of these discussions of, okay, how can we, in, instead of what I would, and this is what I would tell the business as well, instead of cutting your price, find a way to deliver that value to students to make sure that, that they're getting that. So what are some other things that we can do to make sure that students are getting that learning experience? And if not now, maybe next summer. And, and what we've, you know, when, when we are able to go back in class, okay? And so that maybe that credit can handle, can, can um, go back next year. So a lot of businesses, instead of saying, okay, um, like conferences that have been canceled, they say, we're not gonna refund your conference fee but next year you can come for free. Okay, mm -hmm. so we, we can still develop that value down the road and keep, yeah. keep that relationship. Okay, I, I think that's the right way to do it. I know we are running out of time, Joe, so I really wanna take, thank you for taking some time and uh, having this conversation with me on how uh, business education and education in general can actually not just survive, but even uh, thrive, like uh, really flourish during the time of COVID. So thank you so much for your time. Yep, thanks for having me, Ivan. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. For more episodes or information about executive education program offerings, please visit fisher.osu.edu.